Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm here, one of your hosts, as always, with my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm enjoying a day without rain here. We've had the atmospheric river dumping on us in here in California, and today was uh, one of the few days without rain uh, the last week and the, and the upcoming week. Yeah, we've been getting hit by a mini storm down here too, and we also got a reprieve from that, so that's nice. But anyway, we are here to preview the Packers winning in-game this Sunday night against the Detroit Lions. Dad, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Like The, the Lions make me a little nervous. I think they're a better team than Minnesota. So here's a question about how you're feeling. Do you want Seattle? Would you prefer if Seattle wins and knocks the Lions out, or would you prefer that Seattle loses and puts the Lions under pressure to win? I think it doesn't matter. I've seen a lot of people talk about this. I know that a lot of people, especially Seattle fans, aren't happy that if they do win and are in a spot to contend for a playoff spot, that they feel that Detroit won't try, essentially, because they don't have a spot to play for. They're going to try either way. It's the fighting Dan Campbells, as I've heard some people call them. The Seattle fans just don't know Dan Campbell well enough, if that's what they think, because I think he's going to be... You know he's he's gonna be out there like a mad dog uh, trying to trying to win that game, biting kneecaps as he says. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters if the Lions are playing for a playoff spot or playing to be above five hundred or just playing to. They would play as hard in like a flag football two touch game on the, <laughs> on the street amongst the parked cars as they are going to against, on Sunday night against the in laws. Exactly. They, they that team plays hard no matter who spike is spike it there. spike it in the bride's face. A la what was that what. Um, was it Wedding Crashers? No, Wedding Crashers volleyball it, game? It might, definitely might have been Wedding Crashers. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting a bit off topic. We're going to break this game down for you. We do these pregames every single week. So if you like what you hear, come on back next week. We usually do them on Thursdays or Fridays, depending on when the game is. And then we also do post games right after the game, usually Sunday nights or Monday, uh, Monday mid-morning, mid-afternoon, mid-evening, whenever we have time, depending on when the game is. Uh, so yeah, come check us out. We're going to do two episodes a week as the season continues for as long as it continues. And then one episode a week during the off season, kind of breaking down the draft and off season moves for the Packers. Um, but yeah, dad, let's get into it and let's start with any news and notes. I don't think I really have anything new for the Packers this week, although they did add a new kicker, Matt Amendola to the practice squad. So it sounds like not great news for Miz Ahmed. Right. I was thinking, actually, when he pulled his groin in warm-ups, that he wouldn't be ready to go this week. So we'll find out tomorrow whether they activate um, Amendola, however you pronounce his it's name. It's two M's. I thought it was oh, it's two Am- M's. Amendola, well, know, but it could actually. definitely never, be Amendola. I've never, I've never heard it pronounced, but maybe they'll do. They'll try the same thing where they activate him to kick off like they were trying to with Ahmed, Ahmed last week. Um, we'll see. But yeah. I, that's what I was thinking when I saw the saw him get signed. Yeah, that and was. I guess the... they had a practice squad player get hurt today. Oh, did they? Ah, oh, that's unfortunate. I missed that one. Do you remember who it was? No, it was not. Well, you you uh, try and see if you can dig that up. While I start with the injury report, and we'll tag that on. But yes, for this game, the injury report is officially out, and it's looking pretty clean for the Packers. The only real item of concern is Josiah Deguara, who is questionable with a calf injury. He sustained this calf injury on practice on Thursday and did not, or maybe late Wednesday, but he didn't practice on Thursday. He did practice on Wednesday. And then on Friday, however, he was upgraded to a limited participant and now is questionable, like we said. 
it's a decent chance he plays, I think, the fact that he was able to practice at least in some capacity on Friday. And, Dad, they really need him. He's been a really key cog in their run game so far. Oh, he's made a huge difference in their um, kind of ability to get downfield and, and t- take on um, second-level uh, guys, second-level uh, defenders, mm-hmm. especially yeah. leading for Jones around the outside. But also he, he also does some up-the-middle blocking as well as a kind of traditional fullback. Yeah, I think it was Field Yates on the Mina Kimes show uh, this week when they were talking about this game was talking about how when the Packers, the re- a big reason the Packers run game is working is when they trot out there on the field, they pretty much have 7-0 linemen with the 5-0 linemen, Mercedes <laughs> Lewis and Josiah DeGuara. And he makes a good point. Like those two tight ends in particular are really valuable to this run game as blockers right now. And they're a big reason that they're being able to break off these like runs essentially 10, 9, 20 yard runs like they've had a good amount of explosive plays with Aaron Jones uh, to the outside and those two the work of those two and the work of Lazard blocking have been big components of that um so so I found the the it was a the practice squad is a linebacker DQ Thomas uh, had a broken leg suffered in practice uh maybe oh, yesterday goodness freak injury where he collided knees with another player oh man that sucks oh well, yeah and then beyond that for the injury report uh, nothing really for the Packers, but the Lions have a decent list of players, unfortunately, uh, kind of tentative. Some to of them play. important. Some like of them very line, important. Yes. Frontline, you know, heavy snap count players. Yes. And so some of their best. They have one player out and five players questionable. The player who is out is Coyote Awosika. I hope I pronounced that correct. Out with an ankle injury. He is one of their backup guards, so they are missing a little depth along the O line. Beyond that, speaking of the offensive line, Frank Ragnow, their starting center, who is quite a good player, is questionable with a foot injury. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, but he did in a limited fashion on Friday. That's a big one to watch, Dad, because if he plays or doesn't, I think it really impacts their run game and the ability of the Packers' defensive front to hang with this really good O-line. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's the best offensive lineman. Um, he's the best graded one. He has been for several years. Um, he makes a lot of things go for them. So that's a huge thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. Former first round pick. I mean, he, he missed, he, he played last week, I think with at least one of these same injuries, though he left the game early, um, last week with them, you know, pounding the bears into the turf. I think they they, they could, uh, afford, afford to rest him. Yeah, so that's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. I think that that's probably the most important on this injury report. It seems like he's probably going to play, given that he's now upgraded to questionable, and he practiced at least a little on Friday. But he's not going to be 100%. And so that's something also to keep an eye on is his performance in-game. Beyond that, Jeff Okuda, uh, one of their starting corners, was downgraded to questionable this Friday uh, because of an elbow injury he sustained in practice. That's going to be a big deal because he's probably their best corner right now, and it's not a great pass defense to begin with, which we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah, their their coverage grades across the board in the secondary are not good, and and Okuda has, you know, I I think he started off the year okay, but has gotten worse as the years gone on. It's not, and uh, but yeah, their, op- really... their options to replace him are not that great either. Yeah. Beyond that, Michael Brockers, one of their D linemen, um, is questionable with an ankle injury. He was not listed on Wednesday and then didn't practice Thursday or Friday, so that seems like maybe he's not going to play at all. 
Uh, Deshaun Elliott, their starting free safety, is questionable with a shoulder injury. He did practice all three days, though, in a limited capacity. And then Jason Cabinda, uh, their fullback, is questionable with a knee injury. DNP Wednesday, limited Thursday and Friday. Dad, any of those stick out to you? The Brockers one seems like the main one is not going to play, I would say, right? Yeah, and I think probably – I guess one question is uh, Deshaun Elliott. I think he's coming back from injury. Is that mm. right? Uh, um, I am not so that might sure make I can check for a second. Difference if he's yeah. going to be able to go. I know that he. I know that he, like we said, he at least practiced all week. So I'm thinking he's going to play. I I know he also made several comments in uh, the media this week about how he doesn't feel like Aaron Rodgers respects them and he doesn't like the oh, way Oh, is he Rodgers... the one who's been saying that? And yeah. Like, you see people's tweets. It's like, oh, they've been playing excellent. They've been one of the hottest and best teams. To run He's like, man, I can't believe the disrespect he's throwing to the Lions. Well, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Rodgers said they're not the same old Lions, which is disrespectful. Like, objective, like that's kind of disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the old Lions. I mean, it's disrespectful to the Lions as an organization. Let's be like that's disrespectful when you say they're when he says they're actually good. Like with surprise, as, as though with with a very big tone of surprise, they're not the same old Lions. Like that's well, that's kind they of should be happy they're not the same old Lions as well, the Lions. Some of these guys, coached. some of these guys were on those they, teams also. To be fair, and they should remember what it was like that they were coached by Matt Patricia. Well, they should remember even, that we led for zero seconds of each of those games, <laughs> and that they should have won both of them. And, and then if you go further back, they're the like whatever Owen. Uh, that was like in 2009, oh, though. <laughs> that was literally 13 years ago. Well, those, are the, those are the old ago. Lions. Well, it depends yes. how, how long ago you mean old Lions. Well, anyways. <laughs> uh, beyond that, though, pretty clean injury beyond, report. Beyond searching for motivation. Yes, but pretty clean injury report either way. Um, Dad, should we get into the uh, rest of our game preview? The meat and potatoes? Sure. We can okay, start you going wanna into that. Start us off and with I our can blast, talk about, like, yeah, blast start- from the past. where the yeah, go ahead where and start the, us off with our blast from the past, which is where we kind of review the last time these teams played. We think it's like nice to see how this matchup went last time, especially in division rivalries like this, where we've already played them once this year. Right. So that was probably the Packers' low point of the season, where at the time the very thing. I, I said they were the dead in the water. Like, the wor- and after this game, I said they were completely done. I I was done with them. I was like, nope, that's it. That's the re- like we're done. They were and, they and going into that game. It was like. They felt that was that was, four that eight, was the right? game. No, 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 they no, were no. no. That was that was the beginning. It was earlier than that. Mm, they were because it, it was week nine. That's right. So they would have been three or three and six. I think. Yeah, would have been three and, and six. It was the start. Um, it was the start of the the Lions turnaround. Actually, yeah. I think the I think it was week eight. Actually, it might have been when the Lions were. Um, it was. It, no, it was it was, week, it was week nine, and then the Packers fell to three and six. Looking at it right here, okay, and they lost yeah. that game fifteen to nine. And the Packers nine, only scoring nine points against a team that was averaging twenty eight points allowed per game. That I remember right. at the time at the just t- being apoplectic. Going into that game, it was like Lions might be one of the worst uh, graded defenses ever, and then yeah. they fired their defensive, defensive backs, backs coach. coach. Yeah. So, but the, so the Packers this game they outgained the Lions three hundred eighty nine to two hundred fifty four. Yeah, 389 yards for nine points, and Rogers and they won the time three, 
three picks yeah, the in the end zone. red zone. He threw three picks oh. like at the goal line or in the end zone. Um, here are the trips into Detroit territory, which the Packers were very effective at getting into. An interception from the from the Detroit five, an interception from the Detroit one, a punt from the Detroit forty four, an interception from the Detroit twenty three, which was intercepted at the goal line. Now I think that was the pass to Tunyon. A touchdown from twenty, yay! Two point conversion got fails because the yeah. the Lions had get, gone for the two had gotten the two. A field goal from the seven, and turnover on downs from the seventeen. Yeah. So they had a boatload of chances in the red zone, like inside the 23, where they got yeah. like. They a, moved the ball a, field goal. a ton in this game. They averaged 5.6 yards per play. Like they were moving the ball. It's just they decided they wanted to shoot themselves in the foot at every given opportunity. So just don't do that in this game, and hopefully things will be better. Yep. So as for what's going on in Lions World more generally. Yeah, After so this starting... is our segment we like to talk about essentially how the Lions have been doing recently. And they've been they've been actually a pretty dang good team since then. Yep, so after starting 1 and 6, they have gone 7 and 2 starting with the Green Bay game. The Lions fired their defensive backs coach before that game. They were giving up 32 points per game before and only 21 points per game after. Though some of that, I'll talk a little bit more in more more uh, detail about that. Goff's last interception was in that game. The game against, against us, the week Packers. nine. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, maybe we can get a little nice little repeat of that. And and by weighted DVOA per Football Outsiders, so this um, gives more weight to the recent games. The Lions are now seventh in the NFL by weighted DVOA. The Packers are ninth. So they've also right. been moving up by, by you know, wait. compare this to the Vikings who we played last week, who in weighted DVOA are 29th. Yeah. So what that does is it accounts for, it gives more credence to the more recent games, kind of gives a, a credence right. to the idea that a team is heating up at the right time, and which both right. the Packers and Lions are doing. And the Vikings I, are I, not quite I don't doing. know what formula it is, whether it's let most I think the last it's also, three weeks, the last four weeks. I think it's weeks. also proprietary, and they don't tell anyone. So it's right. not really. So, so I not can't like tell you, you exactly know. what that covers. But yes. um, Speaking but it, of, co- of covers, though, the Packers are yes, favored in this game, Dad. The Packers are favored by yes. three and a half, according to ESPN. Um. In Lambeau, which is interesting because it does mean that they think this is pretty much a push, a pick 'em on a neutral side. Yeah, I thought it's four and a half, but, but maybe it, it may have moved since opening at four and a half. I'm just seeing what you put down here on the the sheet um, as three and a half. But <laughs> so it could be your your thick fingers <laughs> smashing the buttons all just over smash, again. Just just smash the buttons. We know your hands and see are what 90, text comes out. We know your hands are ninety percent palm. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so probably more of a pick 'em at a neutral site, which I tend to agree with. I think the Lions and Packers are actually pretty similarly talented teams. Um, beyond that, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is home field advantage. Uh, Lions having to play outside when they're usually inside. Uh, I'd actually yep, think we... that's a decently tangible advantage in this game. Yeah, and I think this is not this is holding up this year, where by DVOA there are. Um... They're tw- the Lions are twelfth on the road, um, and only f- while they're fifth at home, so they're much better at home than on the road. It's and still Green not Bay's, bad. At, still not bad on the road. No, it's not bad, but uh, it's like a seven. But this is you know relative to everybody else's 
road. So they're having a, a seven spot drop um, in the road. This is you know comparing somebody's road mm. to, to other teams' to homes. Other teams, yeah. And while the while the Packers are eighth at home and thirteenth on the road, so. So There's kind of, a slightly better team than us by DVOA in most respects. Yeah, I would say. so we get to go against there. So they're they're sort of twelfth ranking versus our eighth ranking. Yeah, and they almost beat them. Versus... They almost beat them in Detroit last time, and that game was incredibly they would have if they didn't screw the pooch in the, one of the most spectacular fashions I've ever seen. No, for a that's, team that they did well. For I've a seen team far that more spectacular. I've seen far but more they, spectacular fashion. But they had to do it so many times. I, I've seen the Packers lose in far more spectacular fashion than that. I will tell you. Yes, so we we, we could talk about various uh, playoff uh, yes. <laughs> games, but they Maybe did the, it. one of the most regular, like spectacular losses in the regular season I've seen from yes. the Packers. And the but fact that they seen... had to do it, that they had to so, to blow it like five different times. Yeah, they just game. could not get out of their own way, especially in the red zone. It was one um, of the worst red zone performances. Yeah, but I, I don't want to say it's I've, all because the Packers lost that game. The Lions are a pretty good team, Dad. And I think that they have a lot of things about them that make them a tough matchup. Uh, and I think that it kind of all starts with their offense. Their offenses <laughs> suddenly led by Jared Goff, one of the best offenses in the league. Their, uh, these numbers are per rbsdm.com and Football Outsiders. Uh, they are sixth in the league in EPA per play on offense, sixth in DVOA on offense. They have an excellent passing game, third in drop pack EPA, and fifth in passing DVOA. However, I know a lot of people have talked about this this week, but statistically, their run game isn't actually as good as you'd think. They're 21st in rush EPA, 18th in rush success rate, and 15th in rush DVOA. So they're a slightly average run offense despite having some very recent success on the ground, and despite the fact that their offensive line, another strength of theirs, PFF has them as the seventh best run blocking team and the 21st pass blocking team. So I would say that the big difficulty with this matchup, Dad, is the Lions offense is one of the more dynamic and explosive offenses in the league, and they will just run up points on you if you're not careful. Yeah, it's interesting in looking at the offensive grades Sorry, the offensive line grades for the Lions, depending on where you go. So you had like PFF has them better as a run blocking team than a pass blocking team, mm-hmm. despite their run, despite their rushing numbers not being all that impressive as like a unit. Right, but they're by DVOA they're the second second in adjusted sack rate, mm. um, though they're only fifteenth. They're sort of middle of the pack in ESPN's pass block win rate, and then they're um, I think they're. I don't know if I have their run block win rate on the on the tip of my fingers, but I I think that's actually um their DVOA, so football outsiders run blocking is much worse than their pass blocking, than their than their adjusted sack rate. And maybe their um ESPN run block win rate and pass block win win rate are both similarly in the middle of the pack. So it's interesting that PFF has it flipped in comparison. Yeah. And so and- there's kind of all over the map on what different people think of their offensive line. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because you look at, like, the they have a, a pretty beefy offensive line. I think they'd be moving guys a lot. And I think, do you have any other things that make them a tough matchup for the offense? Because, you know, their defense isn't great. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about the offense a little more. I have, I have a couple things I want to add on their defense, but for the offense, it's interesting because, like, 
PFF at least has them as a good run blocking. You said ESPN, or you said uh, DVOA has them as a meh run blocking unit. Right. Let me find. Well, either way, it seems like, and you would think like looking at the running backs they had. I know Jamal's had an excellent year with touchdowns, um, and I know DeAndre Swift has missed a lot of the year, and they've had to lean on guys like Justin Jackson, and um, I think is it. Craig Reynolds, I think, is the other one. Uh, their other running back, their fourth guy. And I is know it, that that definitely has some kind of that has some impact on it. But you'd think that they would grade out better at run blocking. You think that they would? Sorry, with the fact that they're grading well in run blocking in some metrics at least, and they have running backs who I think a lot of people would say are very respectable running backs. You think that they would have statistically a better run off run offense than this because their rushing success rate and their run EPA and the rushing DVOA. I know these are all just a bunch of numbers in the end, but they are pretty indicative of success. A lot of the times and very predictive of like whether or not they're going to have a decent run offense. And this is all to say they did just run for 260 yards against the bears. So you can talk about all these numbers all you want, but they did just, they're coming off an excellent performance. I just, it's kind of, don't you think it's kind of interesting that, despite the fact that they have a lot of the ingredients of what you would think would be a good run game, they haven't statistically had one. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. And there are a couple of things I think, yeah, it's weird. It's how different everybody is. So I looked at uh, um, football outsiders. So, so they're, they have them uh, kind of in the like high teens and twenties for a lot of their run blocking metrics. So this is, would be, you know, opponent adjusted where their their power success stuffed rank are like around plus 20 plus or minus a couple while their um pass pro is second <laughs> this is like really high it's yeah. just uh um they're just the different just metrics are it's... not a, they're not agreeing with each other which is i haven't seen them in this much disagreement yeah um which is kind of interesting but i think it's and safe maybe to... it means that the, the maybe their opponents have just been kind of weak and without the um you know the the opponent Offset, adjusted yeah. metrics that football outsiders uses they are scoring well on a sort of play by play basis when you don't control for their their uh, strength of schedule yeah and i perhaps mean perhaps that's the difference they they look they they've looked good on a play by play but they've played bad teams yeah their their run game is a mystery to me because you'd think it would be better just looking at the ingredients their passing game is also a mystery because you think it would be worse looking at the ingredients given the fact that you know we kind of know what jared goff is he's he's run some good offenses before but you kind of have to set things up for him ahead of time in some ways and they do have some decent receivers and a good pass blocking line so i suppose they have some ingredients but Top five offense in passing in almost in most passing metrics. I mean, that's incredibly impressive. But beyond that, Dad, do you have anything else that you wanted to say for their strengths? For me, the only other thing is they have a ni- really nice young edge rushing duo. Uh, they're uh, Justin Houston and um, Aiden Hutchinson are first and second in the league amongst rookies in sacks, which is definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, beyond yes. that, did you have any other it's- strengths for the Lions? Well, just mentioned for Houston, he's only played really six games. Yeah. He's on a and tear. He's got eight sacks already because he was on the practice squad as a sixth round pick, and they finally signed him to the uh, active roster. I think they called him up a couple of times, and then 
end of November they signed him to the the active roster. Yeah, eight sacks in six games. There's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing to scoff at. But I, mean, I do have some other things. Um, they have really good special teams. They're number one mm-hmm. by PFF. Oh. Um, and they get, I think, their, their kicker. Well, I the hope they're ready for the, kickoffs, the which is I hope they're ready kicker. for the for the Nixon administration. I hope they're ready. He's coming. <laughs> well, He's coming for everyone. But I think they get a lot of touchbacks. So Ooh, no, yeah. Fun. So that that's the thing that uh, we might not get the chance. Um, I think it might even be their punter who's taking the kicks. Um, uh, Fox is it, no. Yeah, it is Fox. Right, as opposed to uh, Badgley, who they the money badger. I love the money badger. The Chargers <laughs> legend. But beyond and that, then, yeah, very good special. I have. So the other thing I would say is um, they have three really good receivers, and I'm on Ross St. Brown, Speedy too, with with Chark and um, Williams, Jameson yeah. Williams. Though, so St. Brown currently is the number two PFF graded receiver. So this is like three weeks in a row we were facing the, like a top two rated receiver because the ratings has actually, have actually changed after we shut down Justin Jefferson last week. Yep. We're just going to have to send Amon Ra back to three. I'm sorry, buddy. Yep. It's time. <laughs> and um, Chark, I think, has been playing well since coming off early season injuries. Jamison Williams is kind of the Williams is kind of the wild card. You know, he only got activated a, a little while ago after the torn ACL and the uh, college national championship game last year, um, and they haven't used him much yet. So I don't think we really know, and maybe they don't really know what they're doing with him yet. Yeah, and I mean they traded all the way up to eleven, I think it was eleven or twelve, eleven or twelve somewhere around pick, there to yeah. pick him. And so they clearly have very high expectations of him. He might have been the first receiver taken if he hadn't gotten injured in that national championship game. But, yeah, I think that he's definitely – the the unknown of him is actually kind of a little scary to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we don't really know what to prepare for in terms of how they might use him because and they, last they game only of the, targeted and, him a couple of times and he and had a – Last game of the season, you'd think that they'd give him some, some touches to kind of – to get him kind of a little momentum for next year. Or the playoffs, depending yeah. on what they're thinking. That too. Is going to be happening. But uh, the other thing I have is like keep an eye on um, Ragnar's availability slash health, as we talked about earlier. He's their best graded offensive lineman, and their guards are only kind of average. And mm-hmm. Kenny Clark had his worst grade of the year this year against Detroit in the earlier, earlier game. And they've had some battles back and forth. Kenny's had some games with good grades. Ragnar's had some games with good grades. Um, it's kind of a it's a it's a real battle, but uh, we could talk about you know who we want to watch later. Yeah, um, and extending off of the strengths for the Lions, I think that they have specifically with that offensive line some things that are probably going to give the Packers some trouble, and how they match up with the Packers and how they're going to try and exploit the Packers. I think it starts there for me is that their huge advantage is their offensive line over our defensive line. Kenny is going to have to have a great game, like you said. We'll talk about players to watch later. We're going to need standout games from Reed again. We're going to need Wyatt to play like a first-round pick. We're going to need the edges to hold up because I think that's a huge disadvantage for the Packers, uh, huge disadvantage in favor of the Lions um, in the trenches there when they're on offense and we're on defense. And despite the Lions not really having an amazing run offense, just statistically, the Packers' run defense should still give them a ton of opportunities. The Packers are 31st in run defense per DVOA. And something I found interesting that we retweeted from the 
Father Son Packer's Twitter account. You can find us at Father Son Packer. Uh, Mina Kimes recently tweeted out that while the Packers' run defense is very good against zone run concepts, fourth in EPA per play, fifth in yards per carry, seventh in success rate, they are really bad against defending against power run concepts. 30th in EPA per play, 29th in yards per carry, and 32nd in success rate. And per PFF between uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, the Lions run power on more than 60% of their runs. So the fact that they already kind of favor that does not really bode well Uh. for the Packers front seven. (laughs) And keep in mind, like we said, the Lions are coming off a game where they just ran for 265 yards. So not great. The Bears Bears totally sold in that game. Yeah, they did. They just rolled over. The Packers are run defense is fully capable of doing the same thing. And the fact that they already run a majority of what we're terrible at defending against is not exactly ideal for us. It doesn't exactly give you a warm and fuzzy feelings. No, not really. <laughs> I'm feeling a little clammy right now, in fact. <laughs> um, so things that I'm looking thinking about that the Lions will try to do is I think they'll try to play with pace. They're eighth in, pl- in uh, um, seconds per play while Green Bay is... St- Still at 32? Like, yeah, I was going to say dead last, I think. <laughs> Based on the number of timeouts um, also, we called to stop plays, I would say dead last. Right. And the other thing that Detroit is good at, converting in the red zone. Mm. They're fourth in red zone success rate. Um, percentage of red zones visits that turn into a touchdown. And Green Bay is only 15th in red zone defense per uh, teamrankings.com. So I think better, that's Better than our red zone something... offense, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least at least yep. one sort of okay. I yeah. So so that's uh, I think a weakness that. So we, the the trick is we got to keep Detroit out of the red zone. Um, that's all. I think they're also gonna. That's all. I think they're also gonna try to spread the ball around a lot. To try to get mismatches by having like five um, wide receivers or running backs and tight ends out there running routes to try to find you know our fifth best cover man. Yeah. Because um, I don't I'll, think they will hesitate to throw it to anybody. Yeah. And I mean, though, they use, though as the running back, Swift has been more of the receiver than uh, Jamal. Yeah. I was going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'll talk about it now. But like you said, Swift has been getting 4.8 targets per game, which is eighth most in the league per fantasy pros. So that's something to keep an eye on. And I think I'll I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I feel like the Packers have struggled to guard screen passes specifically this year and i think a lot of that has been on the linebacker play being a little bit all over the place um but we'll talk about that a bit later dad did you have anything else about how you think the lions are going to try and take advantage of the packers or can we give ourselves some hope now um i think we can uh give ourselves some hope now all right how do you think the packers match up well essentially are going to take advantage of the lions so yeah the Lions' defense is still bad, yeah, and it is still bad good. even during their seven and two streak. So you might say whatever the bump was they got from firing their coach or whatever it was has not had as much effect on the road. So that's really their 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 being this bad road team and bad defense. So I tried to go through game by game before and after that, but when they're from their one and six stretch and then to their um, you know seven and two stretch. And what has changed? So, adjusting for their opponents' like average scoring, which I didn't do the opponents' average like road versus home scoring because that was like too far down the rabbit hole and more time than I had. 
Um, their opponents are scoring compared to average when the Lions are on the road was 1.5 points worse. So that so the um, before they were fired, so when they were one and six, they were giving up 1.5 points more to their opponents than they scored on average. Since that, during their hot streak, this is also just on the road. They're giving up 5.3 yards more than opponents average. So they're actually um, even worse on the for, road. Adjusted yeah. for opponent. They've even been, they, well, they've even been worse than before their winning streak. They have not improved in road defense. If anything, they've gotten a little worse. Um, compare this to the home splits where they've actually gotten better. Um, they were giving up 13 more per game to their opponents um, before the winning streak, and and now it's down, cut in half to, oh, no, much better. Actually, they're giving up less on average than their opponents score on average. So they went from being a worse-than-average defense to an above-average defense at home, but on the road, they're still a slightly below-average defense by just points per game. Their run stop... So we talk about how the... Um, Lions might take advantage of our run defense. The reverse is very much yeah. on the table. Their run defense the, 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 is is really like it, it's I mean, almost it's as not bad good. as the Packers. It's pretty close. Per their run stop rate per ESPN is twenty fifth, which is close to the Packers twenty ninth. And by PFF grade, they're essentially the same. They're right right next to each other in, in rankings as Green, as Green Bay. Yeah. So the Packers should be the, able to run on them easily. And this is the type of and this is the type of defense that the Packers usually succeed against is defenses where you can run the ball, like the Packers. Right, because that sets up their whole offense. Yeah, are usually much better against teams where they're able to run the ball because they're a bad situational offense. Mm -hmm. They're a bad third and long offense. They're not great in the red zone. But when you let them run the ball and you let them keep it third and manageable, and you let them actually... The only way they can really move the ball in the red zone is running the ball. They seem to not be able to pass much of the goal line unless you run the play to Mercedes Lewis. The, one, the Mercedes the, play. The one play yeah, they eventually, you've, eventually the, other, the opponents are going to catch on to that one play. They just need to camp on that play at the goal line. Just be like, just be ready for it. He's going to throw it to Mercedes on the leak. Just pick that thing and run it the whole way back because no one's going to be ready for it. Um, yep. But yeah, but, but if, they can, if like, they can run the ball, they have a chance. I don't know if you got a chance to mention this, but they're 27th in DVOA against the rush. Like, they're they're bad against the, the run. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, they're, yeah. In, in, a, in a lot of different ways. They're, and Green Bay is second um, best in running by, by PFF. I forget how high they are by, by DVOA. But it's also, uh, I think they're good running the ball that... And then they're, they're running backs. Green Bay, um, is, Green Bay is third in rush DVOA on offense. Okay. For, and and, the, and they have um, – Jones is the sixth best running back and Dylan 11th best by PFF. And by DVOA, Jones is third and Dylan is seventh. Dylan, um, though, I, the in, thing with Dylan running. is he is very, very high variance, I feel like. I feel like some games he'll look unstoppable out there. And then other yeah. games he he just kind of just gets – hit for like two and three yard gains over and over if you again. can get his feet before he gets up to like the line he seems to go down pretty pretty easily there if he gets tripped up in the backfield also let's not forget so the Lions run defense is bad their pass defense might be worse their yes. coverage grade is dead last 
Like I said, um, their defense is their defense overall. The Packers should be able to get it any way they want it. Like the the Lions' defense outside of their two edge rushers is pretty abysmal. Yep, and they and There's they might no... not have Jeff Okuda in this game, like we said. Like their best, they're essentially their best corner on an already not so great unit. Like they they should. I, I think we're gonna have a fun game on our hands. Like it should be high scoring or fun for a neutral observer. This could at least. be. This could be a, a, a yeah. This could be an up and down high scoring game. It's gonna be an up and down high scoring game that goes by very quickly because each team is ripping off like ten like seven minute drives of like ten rush ten carries for seven yards a carry. It's gonna be great. Unless it's a one minute you know seventy five yard play drive. That's true. Um, but do you have some stuff to to, to add on to? Uh, how the Lions are uh well um, I think like you said are, are bad are, are, the Packers are bad should be able to Packers take, take the Packers should be able to take advantage of the Lions like you said all those things they've already done it once in Detroit they took advantage of the Lions defense over and over again for 5.6 yards of play 389 yards like we said they just couldn't capitalize they threw three picks in the red zone they like as long as they don't beat themselves they should be able to move their offense should be able to move the ball at will like any way they want it. The problem the problem is if they can stop the Lions. But they should at least, hopefully, it's going to be on the offense to put the Lions in a position where the Lions feel like they have to pass. That's what's really at stake here, I think, is that's how the Packers can take advantage of the Lions. If the Packers can punish this pretty poor defense, not good defense for the Lions, get some points on the board in Lambeau, make Jared Goff with his small hands in the cold, who I know is gambler's fallacy, but he's due for a turnover. Like I just, I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> he doesn't throw one in eight weeks. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. But anyway, he should be due for turnovers. You get them to a place where they ha- feel like they have to throw in Lambo in the cold on the road under pressure. If you can put pressure on Jared Goff, that's another big if because the the Lions' pass blocking is well depends on the metric you look at, but their their pass blocking is pretty good. Uh, just if you look at their personnel and you listen to enough analysts whose opinion, at least I trust, at least. If they can make them pass and get some pressure on them, that's how they take advantage of them in this game. You put them in a deficit early and don't let them just run it down your throat all game. That's the big thing for me. That's how I think the Packers can take advantage of this game. Yeah, so with that, I guess you could lead into uh, what do you want to see from the Packers in this game? Yeah, and I think, as usual, I usually have defense. You usually have offense. For me, it's limit their running game. (laughs) Statistically, their running game is not that good. And you have to prove that you can stop a slightly below average run game. Because if you're going to be one of the two worst run defenses in the league, you're not, like, there's no point. You're not going to do anything in the playoffs. If you can't even stop this run game, which is, I think it's better than the statistics say, but it's still statistically like just, it's an average run of offense. You should be able to stop that. And I know they just ran all right. over Chicago, but you should not be laying down like Chicago. And you need to be a good run defense if you even want a prayer against teams like San Francisco and the Eagles and Dallas. Like, to even have a prayer yeah, against I... those teams, you need to be able to stop the run. So that's one thing I want to see. Beyond that, let Jair follow Amon Ra to the slot. I just want to keep letting Jair take their best player. I think it's a good strategy. I would like to keep seeing it. It flustered the Vikings. It worked once. Let's see if it'll work again. And then the third thing I have is keep an eye on backs in the passing game. I feel like we often leave screen games wide open. They, like we've already said, target DeAndre Swift 
on a per game basis, eighth most in the league. I could foresee that being a bit of a problem if they let them kind of just dump off all game and get yak because we're not a very good tackling team either. And so I think it's going to be a big test for the linebackers in that respect. And we'll talk about that a bit when we have players to watch. Yeah, but I think Quay Walker has been doing pretty well. Now. And, and and their, their sorry, uh, football outsiders grades covering running backs is is pretty good. Um, though, you know, that, I don't know how much that takes into attack, uh, into, into account the, uh, the tackling that follows those receptions. And I think, honestly, I think they do, I think the Packers do better on routes out of the backfield. Just, this is just my opinion, just from watching. I haven't gone back and like actually ran the numbers and I should, I feel like the Packers do better against actual routes out of the backfield from running backs than they do against design screens. I feel like design screens Uh absolutely kill them. And, and so, what did you I have for a tackle? So, yeah. So, what do I want to see from the the Packers? I want to see them pressure Goff up the middle against their guards, who are their kind of the weak links, I think, in their offensive line. And if um, Frank Ragnow can can't go, then the whole center of their line could be a mess. Um, what I what I want to do is like so. Goff is not what you'd call mobile, um, so I want to get him off of his spot and hurry him up. I think he's had you know, too much time to sit back there in the last few games. What I want to see is maybe playing Slayton at the nose again. Yes, and I think that was a great. Kenny Clark I think that was a great decision tech. by them last game to play Slayton at the nose and play Kenny at three. That was and, such and a so good that, decision. Th- and so you could now get Kenny going against their guards who are weaker, and have Slayton, you know, occupy just, the just Slayton. The just take Ragnow. Don't let him help anyone. Yeah. Just just hold him. <laughs> and then and right like Kenny like beat up on their their more poorly rated guards. I want to see them just run the ball a crap ton with Jones and Dylan, take advantage of their weak running game. Detroit's coverage grades by DVR are also bad against tight ends and running backs. So I think that could also hit Tunyon and um and Jones in the in the pa- in the passing game as well as uh the running backs running. And Detroit is also fourth worst at defending deep shots per DVOA. And are particularly they're they're worse on the uh the outside than up the middle, or at least mm-hmm. short middle. So I think there are going to be some chances, though maybe don't tell Aaron Rodgers this too much, for deep shots. He's he's going to throw them. He's going to overthrow them. He's gonna, they're going to be out there. He's You don't need to tell him to throw deep shots, Dad. He's going to throw it downfield. It's just... I think it's like a twenty five percent, you know, ten percent chance it actually gets completed because he just he's just chucking it. He's like, just go find it. I, I'm not actually putting this in, with any kind of touch on it. It'll I'm be just throwing this as hard as I can. Just gonna throw this out there. Maybe put a little air under it once in a while so they can run under it. Um, maybe it'll depend on how what how the goal the the game is called. You know, they call it really tight and not let much um, contact happen, or are they gonna let them? Uh, be fit, let the defenders be physical like they did for past both two, sides. Past two weeks. Yeah. But um, against Minnesota and against yeah, Miami. The, the Miami. Yeah. And, and both teams were able to do it mm-hmm. and disrupt those, uh, the timing on some of those deep shots. But those yeah. are my sort of schematic things I want to see the Packers try against the, uh, against the Lions. Yeah. Beyond that, I think, you know, they just should, it, they don't need to make the offense hard to win this game. The offense should be easy. This should be very yep. simple. They they have better players on offense than the Lions have on defense. Matt LaFleur, Adam Stenovich, 
this is this is this should be pretty easy for you guys and i would like to see them kind of do a lot of the they should be the ones doing a lot of heavy lifting in this game because i don't think you need to make rogers like work really hard to win this game i don't think this should, they be, should very be able to easy. put up points yeah yeah it's all about the whether or not the defense can stop golf and that the offense <laughs> essentially the offense. Um, but dad since we're kind of wrapping up here uh we talked about it a bit earlier i think we already know who it is but who is your player to watch for this game so i have i i, I went just somebody on the offense and somebody on and the defense so i went kenny clark on the defense if he wrecks the middle of detroit's o-line it'll be a really long day for golf and i think their offense will kind of fall apart if he like forces golf to scramble right or left and try to do something on the run and not be able to uh, throw from structure um, on time. And on offense, I'll be watching Watson and Dobbs lining up wide um, since Detroit's coverage is better um, in the middle of the field and short um, per, per uh, football outsiders. So they, they could be looking for some uh, big plays um, on the perimeter. Yeah. For me... I like both of those. I I was almost going to pick Kenny, but then I saw you picked him. My next pick was uh, Devondre Campbell and Quay good Walker. Thing, good thing I rode first. Exactly. You just you beat me by like ten seconds, maybe. Uh, but yeah, for I got to go Campbell and and Quay, just because I think that the linebacker group has been a little up and down. Quay had a nice game last game. Feels like a while since Devondre's had a good game. He's just kind of been there. Um, I will say. I mean, he did have a, a pick in the Miami game, so fair enough. I say another another pick like that, I guess, like he did in the Miami game would be nice. Exactly. But um, I will say, I think they need to have big games uh, against the Lions running backs because I think the Lions are going to try and run the ball um, and probably have some success given that our run defense has been so bad. But they're going to have to keep those like, four-yard gains from becoming like, 15, 20-yard gains. They're going to have to guard the running backs in the pass game on screens and stuff. They're going to have to tackle well. And that's going to be a big task for all of them. Uh, and then my other player to watch in this game is AJ Dillon. Uh, can he have a bit of a bounce back game? I didn't think he played particularly well last game. Uh, me personally, at least. I, fu- I felt like it was a noticeable drop off from Jones to Dillon. And just kind of getting him. Well, yeah. With well, some Jones momentum. is averaging 7.9 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. Well, Dillon averaged like three um, last games. Dylan had like 3.6, which is not good by any means. Half as many per carry. Yeah, so clearly it's doable. The holes are there. You can, like, you can hit those holes. Other players are, and and you're not. We need him at full capacity for the playoff run. If they're even going to make the playoffs, they need to win this game and they need him to play well. So that's my other player to watch. But, Dad, score prediction time. What you got? So I have the Packers putting up some points, and I'm, I'm, I'm being super optimistic here. Probably being more optimistic for the defense than is really deserved, but thirty-four Green Bay, twenty-one Detroit. Nice, nice. We get to relax a little bit. I have a very similar score line. Uh, I have Green Bay twenty-four, Detroit twenty-one. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think we're going to have a much more uh, sweaty palm, uh, nervously waiting kind of um, score prediction. I think we're going to be really anxious this entire game. And I think it's going to suck to watch as a Packer fan because you're just going to be white knuckling (laughs) through the whole thing. So look forward to that this weekend. But anyway, (laughs) thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming and joining us here on the father son Packers podcast. If you enjoy what you heard, we'll be doing a post game. Hopefully 
hopefully, after a Packers win that could give them a playoff spot if they win this game. We are, right. We are hoping this is not our last pregame, pre-game pod of the year. Uh, and if it is... A lot of the, of the year. If it is, it's been a pleasure. We'll see, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. Exactly. We will still be doing podcasts in the offseason, one a week, talking about Packers offseason plans and the draft. So come give us a listen when that happens. If you enjoy what you're listening to, come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet when we have new episodes, any articles we find interesting, videos from the Packers uh, locker room that reporters take and we find interesting, we'll retweet. Uh, Packers injury news, Packers other news, any stuff like that, we'll kind of pass it along to you guys if you want to come give us a follow. And then if you enjoy what you're listening to even more, come get, subscribe to us on YouTube at Father Son Packers Podcast. We'd really appreciate it. really help our numbers. And then you can find us and all of our podcasts there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Thanks so much for listening. Come check out the post game, hopefully after a win. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.